The title of the message this morning is God's Controversy Against Us. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 1 and 2 in Hosea chapter 4. And this chapter, this new chapter, takes us in a new direction. Instead of focusing on Hosea and his wife and their children as being prophetic illustrations, Hosea is now going to speak the Word of God directly, plainly, and powerfully to the people of Israel. In this chapter, the Lord doesn't mince words. And because of that, neither will we. Amen. He tells Israel exactly how it is. And it is not good (laughs) for Israel. He tells them what their sins are. He names their sins. And what they can expect as a nation because of them. I tell you what, that's what we need to start doing as a church. That's what we should have never quit doing as a church. Pastors that say, well, I don't want to touch on divorce. I don't want to touch on this. I don't want to touch on people shacking up or fornication or whatever because I have some people like that in my church. I don't want to offend them. don't want to run them off. I tell you what, the preaching on sin is what brings people to the cross of Christ. It was Mount Sinai that brought people to Mount Calvary. And, and if you quit naming the sins and telling people like it is, then your church is going to go down. Your nation is going to go down. And what God has to say to Israel this morning is important for every one of us. Because if God is going to hold Israel accountable, you better believe He's going to hold America accountable for our sins. God is not going to judge Israel and excuse us. So listen up, Americans, for what God has to say to Israel, He has to say to me and you. And those who watch on the internet, whatever country you're in, it goes the same for you. Hosea said, if you look in verse 1, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. Should it come as a surprise to us? That's the first thing God tells Israel to do. Should it come as a surprise to us that the creature should be expected to hear the words of his creator? When a man builds a computer, does he not program it? Sure he does. I'm trying to put it in something modern that at least some of us can understand in here. We don't all understand computers, but we get that that much at least. If the computer's infected or there's a malfunction in that computer, does he not try to repair and reprogram that computer? Get that virus out so it will function as it's designed? Of course. And how much more then should our all-knowing, wise, and loving God program us correctly? And then, having given us a free will, and us voluntarily downloading a virus, if you will. And we get all messed up. Our files inside our mind, our heart, the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Why is that? Our files been corrupted because of sin, because of disobedience. And shouldn't God, who loves us so much, if a man's going to try to fix his computer, shouldn't he try to repair us and reprogram us before we crash? Fatally, eternally. If you'll go back to the beginning of creation, the book of Genesis, you will see that God created everything, how? By His 
word. By his word. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let us make man in our image. Now, if God created us by his word, that means the creation functions based upon his word. And the creation malfunctions any time we deviate from God's word. Does that make sense? If God created us by his word... And as the scripture says, by him, the word of of God, Christ, all things consist. Then when we deviate from God's word, that's when we malfunction. A lie in your mind is like a virus in a computer. It causes you to malfunction and ultimately crash. When we follow a lie, we deviate from God's truth. And the only way to fix it is to have the error of our way exposed and the truth of God's Word reprogrammed in our hearts. That's how come the new covenant says that He's going to remove that stony heart and He's going to write His law on the heart, the the tables of our heart inside us. That means one day, because of the gospel, God's going to reprogram His holy word in our heart. We're going to run just the way we were designed to run. But in the meantime, we still have to hear the word in our ears. Because it's not yet written in our hearts, you see. We still have to renew our minds. Because of our flesh, the virus is always there. We have to constantly Update it, update our antivirus, if you will. And when we renew our minds with God's word, again, it's reprogramming our mind as God intended. So God says, hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. The problem is sometimes corrupt people refuse to listen to their incorruptible God. They don't want to be reprogrammed. They want to be malfunctioning. Being created far more sophisticated than a computer, God gave us that freedom to choose. We don't give our computers the freedom to choose. And sometimes people just choose to reject God. Sometimes in the stubbornness of our foolish hearts, we refuse to heed God's word and we rebel against Him. Instead of loving the God who loves us, we become His enemies. And God doesn't want to fight with His creation. He loves us. He cares for us. He sent His Son to die for us. He doesn't want us to die without Him. He wants us to live. And if at any time God's enemies were to change their minds, acknowledge their wrongdoings, God will forgive them, accept them, and they will be friends. This is what God wanted to do with Israel. He said, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. Why? Look back in your text. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. When we're living contrary to God's word, we're at odds with him. It's that simple. That's what Israel's problem was then. That's what America's problem is today. Brother Shepherd and I were just talking about the uh, revivals that are going on at different universities right now. And... Uh, I, I, I don't want to judge anything going on, but I will say this. Every true revival is going to begin and end with God's Word. It's going to. 
And the gospel of Jesus Christ will be at the center of it. Outside of that, all you have is music, words, singing, dancing, and whatever else you have rolling in. It's going to all be founded on God's word centered in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're at odds with God when we're at odds with his word. Uh, Tammy was telling me that the revival in Osbury had women preachers get up there and preach. I tell you what, when you telling me that, maybe it was Jimmy then. I guess it was Jimmy. Has anyone seen that? I guess it was Jimmy. You, anyway, he, uh, uh, man at work, I thought it was my wife telling me that. But uh, you and Jimmy look so much alike, so sweetheart. <laughs> But a man at work, we were talking about it too. But you know what? If you get back to God's word, you're not going to have all that. You're going to repent of all of those things. You're going to embrace the word of God. There's a controversy between us and our creator, between the creator of the land and the inhabitants of the land. And you can rest assured that the inhabitants will always come out on the losing end with their controversy with God every time. God said, I have a controversy with you. And why is there a controversy? Look back in your text. Because there is no truth. Truth. I remember back in the 90s when truth became relative. Y'all remember when that happened back in the 90s? I remember thinking, what on earth are these people thinking? Truth can't be relative. They said, well, something can be true for you, but it's not true for me. It doesn't work on your math test in high school or college. The professor's pushing that stuff. They wouldn't accept that on the grade. So, well, you gave me an F because I didn't get your answer, but the answer I gave, that's truth for me. They wouldn't accept that. Truth is truth is truth. Truth is reality. God designed us to live according to the truth. But people hate the truth. They want to live in some type of polluted dream world of their own false reality. It's amazing. When I was a child, I made an amazing discovery. I found a large, solid, except for a little hollow spot in it, uh, piece of mysterious object in the mud. And uh, it was in a construction site, and I just knew that construction site, as they moved those, uh, you know, the earth movers, the bulldozers, and uh, backhoes and all, I just knew that they had uncovered something ancient, you know. And I looked at that round, long, hollow object, and in my mind as a little boy, I thought, this must be an old cannon from an ancient war. And I thought, man, I'm going to take this home. I thought, I'm going to sell it to some museum or somebody. My mom and dad are going to be so proud of me because we're rich. And I couldn't move that thing because it was too heavy. So I summoned some of my friends. They also little like me. They didn't know any better. And we start pushing that old cannon, rolling it down the streets of our neighborhood. And the whole way... I was rolling that cannon. I was going, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. I was singing all the way down. I thought, I'm rich, man. I'm rich. And I pushed and rolled, and me and those boys rolled it up into my parents' backyard. 
And there it sat. And I sat there with me and my cannon, my ancient cannon, waiting for my dad to come home from work. Which I knew when he got out of his vehicle, his wrecker, he'd get out and see that cannon. He'd say, son, I'm so proud of you. We're going to be rich. I just knew it was going to happen. Well, a little bit later, my dad came home. But when he came home, the dreadful truth came home with him. That wasn't no cannon. That was a concrete culvert that I'd been rolling down the streets of Bel Air. (laughs) All of that work of pulling, tugging, rolling, my celebration and singing, the big dollar signs in my eyes were gone. What a big letdown. I want to tell you, my dad was a real killjoy that day, you know. (laughs) Why, why, Why was I so let down? Because the expectation of my dream did not conform to reality. Do you know what we have here in America today? We have people living in a dream world, just like me when I was a kid. They have pushed the reality of God aside. They pushed the reality of death and eternity and future judgment aside. They pushed the reality that we did not create ourselves as evolution wants you to believe, but that we were actually created and loved by our Creator who's going to hold us accountable. And one day, just like when my dad came home and the truth came home with him, one day God's going to return And the truth's going to come with him. Now, had I known that was a nasty old culvert left over from the construction, I'd have never wasted my time bringing that thing to the house. When my dad came home, I would have never had a letdown. I'd just been glad to see him. He wouldn't have been a killjoy. He had been my loving father coming to get me. to us have supper together. And live together. If I would have lived according to the truth. If we live according to the truth of God's word today. When our God comes again. He's going to bring the truth with him. Why? He is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus said. And when the truth comes, those who've been living in the truth are going to rejoice when the truth comes to them. Those who've been rejecting the truth, Jesus' coming is going to be a real killjoy because their false dreams are not going to meet up with reality. And the expectations that they've had that maybe they're going to be recycled and and, and be born again as a bug or a cow or a, a tree. Like a Chinese lady told me at the restaurant in Athens, when I... When I uh, come back, I want to be a tree and all the little children play in my limbs. It's not real. It's not real. And people like me are real killjoys for them because we preach that as appointed a man wants to die and after this the judgment. The Israelites at that day were like the Americans today. They wanted to persecute the killjoys, you know. That's why, that's why people hate Christians. We, we tell the truth. They say, oh, you're haters. 
Oh, you're, you people, you're so mean. You want to cram your, your word, your religion down our throats. All the while they're trying to cram theirs down ours. At some point though, at some point, reality is going to expose the lie. At some point, I would have found out that nobody wanted to buy my piece of culvert. And at some point, I would have discovered that I celebrated in vain. In the same way, at some point, Israel would realize that their false gods couldn't save them. At some point, America will discover that God made us, and we didn't make ourselves. Ultimately, we will find out that there is a God, and we must give an answer to Him, and He won't be bought off like our politicians with money. He won't play our sordid political games. Thomas Paine, many of you all know Thomas Paine. He was an early American writer in the 1700s, and he had a great impact on our nation, his writings did. In one of his last works, and he intentionally made it one of his last works because it was so controversial. It was entitled The Age of Reason. Y'all ever heard that book? The Age of Reason. In that book, Paine declared that he believed that the only church that existed was the one in his own mind. Reason. But at the end of his life, when he was on his deathbed, the lies he published had to face reality. The last words of Thomas Paine were recorded for us. I'll read them to you. Quote, I would give worlds, if I had them, that the age of reason had never been published. O oh Lord, help me. Christ, help me. No, don't leave. Stay with me. Send even a child to stay with me. For I am on the edge of hell here alone. If ever the devil had an agent, I have been that one. How sad. How sad. Mr. Payne said he believed in God, but there was a controversy between Mr. Payne and God. Because he rejected the truth of God's Son. And the church of Jesus Christ. When it came his time to die, Mr. Payne knew that he needed a Savior that he despised. Here's a kingdom truth for you this morning. When a man forsakes the truth of God, he invites the wrath of God. When a man forsakes the truth of God, he invites the wrath of God. And that's all Thomas Paine had to look forward to when he died. God said he had a controversy with Israel because there was no truth. Look back in your text. Nor mercy. Nor mercy. You see, without genuine truth, it's impossible to have genuine mercy. Genuine mercy is the result of genuine truth. Knowing that I am a sinner. The truth that I am a sinner helps me show mercy to other sinners. Knowing that, but by the grace of God, there go I. Knowing the truth that God loved me and showed mercy to me on the cross in my sins. It sets the standard for me to show mercy to others. But when you reject the truth of your sin and the Savior who died for it. You lose the basis of showing mercy to other people. Oh you can be compassionate but you can't show 
godly mercy. Just like you can't have godly love. You can't have that agape love without the truth of Christ. And without that truth, you begin to see yourself being better than other people. You begin to minimize your sins and maximize uh, everybody else's. You begin to cheapen human life because you no longer see people being made in the image of God. That's what's happened to us today, you know? How can you just take a, you know, a gun and go out and just randomly just start shooting people? I remember, was it back in the 70s when they had that shooting in Austin at the University of Texas? The 70s, yeah. Uh, they made a movie out of that. Because someone was doing a mass shooting from the tower. There's not enough film in the world to make movies out of all the mass shootings we have now. You forget about them. You wake up, you, you see, oh, they got another mass shooting as you're eating your post-toasties. And you go on to work and you forget about it. Because it's so commonplace now. Why? Because we've rejected the truth of our Creator. No one's made in the image of God anymore. We're just cosmic accidents that just happen to evolve. We're nothing special. Life is cheap now. This happened to Israel and it's happened to the United States. Because our nation no longer views its fellow man as a special creation made in the image of God and especially loved by God, politicians are now willing to prosecute their political opponents. We used to think, oh, that's just stuff that happens in other countries. Not anymore. Young people are willing to drag elderly people from their vehicles and carjack them and set them afoot and steal what they work for. Women can now, and how oh, I may be on the wrong end of people this morning, but I tell you what, this is how it is. I hate it when I see a news article and some woman goes to a fire department, opens up a night deposit box, Sets her baby in it and closes it and runs off and leaves it. And then everyone celebrates her as being so brave. Y'all ever see that in the articles? They're so brave to have done that. A good mother. Good mothers don't abandon their babies. Good mothers don't abort their babies. Good mothers will give their life for their babies. I arrested a woman or I was interviewing a woman one time. Uh, in a case I was working and she said, yes, I do drugs, but I'm a good mother. I let my child's grandmother raise her. I'm not like all the other people who do drugs. I let my mother raise my child. I thought, how terrible. How awful. But see, this is what's happened to us today. This is what's become of our country because we've cheapened life and we've rejected God's word of what women are supposed to do, what men are supposed to do. Social dissidence can destroy the life and property of their fellow man. Riot. Set buildings on fire. Kill people. All in the name of justice now. And while they are growing more hateful toward people, they are growing more caring toward animals. Have you noticed that? 
I mean, they treat animals like children now. And I know I love doggies too. Tammy and I, we've got four little baby chickens at home and don't you come mess with them. All right? We love those little chickens. Chickens are chickens. Dogs are dogs. People are people. And chickens and dogs aren't going to puppy heaven and chicken heaven. All right? They're going back to the earth like God said. They're different. It just shows you how crazy the world's gotten. Why? Because God's words pushed aside. And we live according to our corrupt files of our mind. The lies that we've embraced. God was against Israel because there was no truth in the land. There was no mercy in the land. Look back in your text. Nor knowledge of God in the land. See that? Nor knowledge of God in the land. That's the way we are today. They were no longer basing their behavior on the revelation of God's Word, but on the lust of their own fallen flesh and the lies of the false gods they embraced. They were unthankful for the freedom and blessings God had given their land because there was no knowledge of God in the land. That's the way we are today. Instead of giving God the credit, they they gave themselves the credit and their false religions the credit for making Israel the nation it was. And and again, today in America, listen, the people who claim that we're the greatest nation on earth or the richest nation on earth, they are also the same people who claim that we came from monkeys. That religion is only for the weak. Instead of recognizing that God wants blessed us because of our godly heritage as a nation. They, like Israel, want to be like all the other nations. I remember a time when America didn't look to see what other nations were doing. We did what we felt was right, even if we had to do it alone. Not anymore. A little over 200 years ago, God took a bunch of lowly immigrants, poor immigrants, And made a great nation out of them. Why? Because they embraced the word of God. But now we embrace hedonism. Atheism. God forbid communism. But here it is. We're embracing it. All the things that did not make us the great nation we were. Israel was embracing everything that did not make them the great nation they were. Speaking of Israel, God said, verse 2, By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out. What does it mean they break out? Listen to this. Swearing, lying, killing, stealing, committing adultery. Those are wrong. He says by doing that, they break out. Now what's the idea of breaking out? My precious little chickens. Tammy's got names for them, but we we can't tell them apart, so it didn't work. (laughs) Now, we've got a dog in the living room. And we don't know exactly when they grow up how that dog's going to respond to them. All we can go by is what the dog's done in the past. And it's not good. Right? (laughs) So for the time... Our precious little chickens, Gertrude was one of the names, wasn't it? Wasn't it? What was one of the names? Huh? Louise. I think we're going to name one after you. They're in this container. 
In that container, they have food, they have water, they got a little stick they can climb on and peck at. They've got a heat lamp. You got to keep them 95 degrees or they'll get too cold when they're little chicks. They got everything they need. Most of all, they got daddy's love. I can go in there and pick them up and stroke them and love them, all that stuff. I got them in that container. Last night I had a dream that they got big wings. They flew out and they ran down the hall and I was hollering for Tammy to get the dog or get the chicken before the dog got the chicken. You see, they're in that container. Why? Not because we don't like the chickens, but because we want to protect the chickens. We want to provide for the chickens. Everything they need for life right now is in that container. And if they break out, that's when a dog can get them. That's when a hawk can get them. You see, that's, that's when something can happen. That's when a, a, a critter, a snake, something can get them. And like sheep... God has us within the shepherd's care. And he's put boundaries up for us. That's why he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He leaves the 99. He goes, looks for the one that's astray. Why? The stray broke out from the flock. From the boundaries of God's law. God gave us those commands in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Why? To put loving boundaries around us. We could live as God intended in His great provision and protection. But through their rebellion against God's Word, they broke out through killing and swearing and lying and all these things. They said, no, we don't want to, just like Adam and Eve, we don't want to live within the confines of your Word. We're breaking out. We'll do what we think is right. And God says, by doing these things, they've broken out. I can no longer protect them like that. Look back in your text. And blood toucheth blood. Meaning there is one murder after another. Look at our nation today. Isn't that the way it is? One murder after another. I've given statistics before up here. I don't need to give them again. You watch the news. Or maybe because of the news, you don't watch it anymore. It's still the same. It's getting worse. Killing after killing after killing. A modern translation words it this way. There is cursing, lying, murdering, stealing, and adultery. People break my laws and there is one murder after another. Cursing. Tammy and I saw the first, maybe you all have seen it before. But I saw the first commercial, Tammy and I did, uh, last night or night before, where they had cursing in the commercial. It was a dad and a, his teenage daughter, young teenage daughter. And the dad's driving the daughter along somewhere and he's letting her out somewhere. And he says, what the bleep? And she looks at her dad and she goes, oh God. And she gets out of the vehicle and shuts the door because she'd, her, she thinks her dad's stupid. That's a commercial. I don't even remember what they were advertising. If I ever see it again, I'll mute it so I don't have to hear the curse word. I'll see what they're advertising, and then I won't buy it. That's the plan. But that's how we've become. Filthy mouth, unbelieving, rebellious, wicked, selfish people. 
people. That's America. And that was Israel then. This is what happens to a nation that forgets God. Every time something bad happens in America today, like with the mass shootings, do you know what they want to do? You know what the liberals want to do? You know what the godless people want to do? They want to create a new law. Well, we'll ban those types of weapons. Well, we'll ban this. We'll ban the other. But if people won't obey God's law, how can we expect them to obey man's? We already have laws not to murder. We don't need to outlaw guns. We we need no need of a new law to ban guns. If people would simply obey the old law that God gave them. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know. But because we don't. God has a controversy against us. My wife and I pray most every day for our country. We pray for revival. We pray for repentance in our nation. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But I know this. I know until we get back to God's word, God's going to have a controversy with us. And when he comes back, I want to be the one, not living in dreamland. I want to be standing on the word of promise. Now, Lord willing, next week, when we get back into into the book and we go to the next verses, we're going to see what happens when a nation forgets God, what the result, the consequences of this is going to be. And this is going to go right down the line of what's going to happen with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. I pray, dear Lord God, if there's any here this morning who do not know Christ as their Savior, they'll get with me or Brother Shepherd, Lord, after church. We can take them back somewhere and explain your word to them and show them how they can know that heaven's their home to the redemption you've given us in Christ. I pray, Father, for everyone who's here today and everyone who's watching on the Internet. I pray, dear Lord God, for them. I pray, Lord, that your word will be settled in our hearts this morning. We don't want controversy with you as Christians, Father. We have done what the world has refused to do. We have acknowledged your word as truth. We have acknowledged us as violators of it. And we have embraced the cross where Jesus died to reunite us the offender, back to the offended again. I pray, Father God, that you'll edify us in your precious word and bring us back safely Wednesday night where we'll meet again. In Jesus' precious name, amen.